Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. Sasha, what do you think of when you think of a Raspberry Pi case? This is small, you know. Yeah. It's functional. And you can get like a Raspberry Pi case that has a screen built in, and they can be this big, like three inches, or they can be, I've seen seven inches. Right. But ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to look at the 13.3-inch Raspberry Pi case from KKSB. You want to stick around? We're going to get this out of the box and connect it up and see how she works. Yeah. You ready for this? Sure am. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's so great to have you here, and I can't believe a week has gone by already. Here we are. I know. And uh, it's time to broadcast. We talked about last week uh, we were going to be looking at the world's biggest Raspberry Pi computer screen case from KKSB. Really looking forward to unboxing that, setting it up, mm-hmm. and ultimately giving it a try tonight. So yes. uh, that's that's kind of what we've got planned for you. Um, you've also got some stuff going on that uh, you're going to be showing us in that's just a couple of moments' time. True. I'm doing my first ever unboxing. Mm-hmm. Lots yeah. of great stuff going on. Should we, uh, I mean, before we get right into it, because I know why you're here, you want to see the world's biggest Raspberry Pi. That's case screen. I don't, I don't know what to call Legit it. Legit why I'm here. It's a screen yeah. case so. or a case screen or just a screen for a Raspberry Pi, but then you think about it being like a separate entity. No, it's a case with a honking big huge screen on it. Right. That's what we're here for. So we're going to jump right into it. But before we do, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, And of course, make sure you click on that bell as well. That's going to help you to receive notifications anytime we release new and exciting videos. Which we do. Which we do, indeed. Okay, so... That's a box. That's more than a box. We're going to get into that tonight. And... (gasps) That's a bigger box. That's another box. Another box. And these two boxes come together from KKSB. And I'm going to jump over here. All right. So there it is, folks. We've got the KKSB 13-inch screen stand. Are you folks ready for this? I'm really excited about this. I mean, I've seen 7-inch screens. I've seen 3.5-inch screens. 13 inches? What? Okay, look at the size of the... Do you see the Ah. Raspberry Pi there on the left-hand side? Compare that to the size of this box. Okay. All right, what do we got here? Okay, we've got some instructions. This is basic assembly. Looks pretty simple. We'll refer to that in just a couple of moments. And there it is. That's what we get from KKSB. Uh, We've got the stand itself, which we're going to get a look at. Looks nice, as Mm -hmm. always with KKSB. I'm always impressed with them. Uh, Everything is, like, a a lot of their stuff is made of stainless, like, of steel, it's good, solid stuff. It's not like a plastic stand. That is steel, my friends. And then we've got the case itself. This is a metal case for the Raspberry Pi. And, of course, that would fit any um, compatible um, SBC, like, a, say, a, an Asus Tinkerboard, for example, if you want a little more power. We've got a couple of uh, bits in there. Looks like some standoffs and some screws. Okay. So let's get the case out here, Sasha. All right. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get a look at the instructions and mm-hmm. see what I actually have to do. Now, f- first step is I need the, the actual screen. And this, screen, this is the, bo- the first box I held up here tonight. And it's so big that I actually am going to have to clear some <laughs> space here on the desk. Look at the size of that compared to the Raspberry Pi. <laughs> My goodness. I'm going to have to actually clear some space here. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, there we have it. All right, we've got some basic instructions here. Uh, In particular, with the Raspberry Pi, there are some things that we're going to have to add to the config. Uh, We'll look at that in just a couple of minutes, but hold on to that. We've got a power supply. 
Got a barrel uh, connector there, and uh, there you go, 12 volts, 1,000 milliamps. Nice. Okay, set that aside. We've got a USB cable. This is actually, believe it or not, this is also a touch screen. So we're going to need that USB cable to operate the, uh, the touch. And we've got a nice little short HDMI cable to connect the Pi, and we've got a universal connector just in case you're not here in Canada or the U.S., there is the screen. Look at that, Sash. Oh, wow. Okay, so think about this for a second. This is a Raspberry Pi 3 case slash screen. We've got the connectors on the back to actually mount it to 13.3 inch. And for those of you wondering, this is 1080p. It's got a film there, which we're going to remove in just a couple of moments, but we'll leave it on there for a moment. Just a protective film. Yeah. Well, you're flipping on its face. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so step one. Let's see here. We've got to put these little plastic little risers onto the back of the screen here. So we'll dig through our trusty little bag of goodies. There we are. One. And two. Some exciting TV right there, mm-hmm. Sasha. Yeah. And there you go. Through the magic of television, I can speed things up, which is a beautiful thing for those of you watching at home. All right, what else have I got? Okay, so step two. Let's see what's next. All right, we've got that. We've got the, ki- uh, the stand. Need to put that right. here. And I'm actually going to need to screw the case into the stand. So I'm going to need these little metal risers. Everything's just pictures for the instructions, but I guess the visual of the video tonight will help as well. Um, then I'm going to put some these screws in here, <laughs> if I can get a hold of them. <laughs> There's one. And where'd the other one go? Uh, oh, there it is. On my screwdriver. Okay, so now flip this over, and we're going to put these metal little riser type washers on there they're a little thicker than the standard washer and now put that onto the underside of the stand so this is not going to go on the face side keep in mind the monitor is going to go on that side but just like that couple of a couple of nuts to hold it on there we go we can speed things up for you and Get those tightened up. Nothing too difficult here, Sasha. Mm-hmm. So far, easy peasy. As simple as that. And that's the KKSB design, and, and they make some fantastic high-end stands. So if you're looking at KKSB versus competition, uh, keep in mind what you're seeing here today. This is a nice steel stand, and we're going to pop that Raspberry Pi in there. Um, now that we've got that mounted on the back... It's just going to just slide right in there, as is the case with KKSB. Everything is perfectly molded and ready to go. And now I need, uh, I've, I need some little risers here. These don't look like the ones, though. These are a little bit too thick. Um, yeah, they definitely, that's not the one that's going to fit in there. So, looking at my bag of tricks... Mm-hmm. What else have I got here? Let's see. That's not going to work. Not going to just screw it directly in. I need to have some kind of standoffs there. Aha! Huh. Bag number two. These ones look a little more promising. Yes. Much finer. Look at that. Okay, so get the Raspberry Pi in there. Now, according to the instructions, I just need to put these um, standoffs in the bottom. Oh. Right here. And I'll speed this up just because, you know, screwing these in by hand is not all that exciting for you to watch. There you go. No tools needed. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I do need a Phillips screwdriver to screw in the final screws. But a lot of this stuff is just done by hand. There you go. Get that in there nice and tight, nice and snug. For those of you looking for the screen, they are at cat5.tv slash pi. 
Uh, and there you go. So those two standoffs are holding the Raspberry Pi 3 in place. And now I'm just going to snap this on here. KKSB cases are traditionally very well fitted and everything's just going to snap together if... Uh, Yes, there you go. That's Snap sweet. it in. There. Perfect. And you can just feel it go right into its place, and everything is all well aligned there. Um, so, Uger Abba in Discord, it's cat5.tv slash pi to see any of the Raspberry Pi peripherals that we review here on Category 5 TV. And, of course, this case and the screen is, uh, is there as well. If you're watching live, it will take about 24 hours before you'll see that there. Now, I'm just lining up these long screws. Do you see that through the mm -hmm. air vent? I just got to kind of make sure that that gets through the hole and screw that in with this Allen key that has been provided. Too easy. This is perfect. Perfect indeed, Sasha. I could do this with one hand tied behind my back. There we go. This would make a fantastic kiosk, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta put these back on because I've knocked them off. I don't know why that was step one. It could have been whatever <laughs> step, step this is now. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so now line all those up with the screw holes for the back plate there. And we're gonna put this all together. There you go. So this is just going to mount right onto the back of that 13.3-inch screen. Remember, this is 1080p, folks. Um, I want to check these risers that are that are seemingly extra. They don't seem to be for anything. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what they're for. Maybe I could I could elevate those plastic um, pieces, but doesn't seem necessary. So I won't use them today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call those the extra bits. It's like when you buy something from Ikea and you've exactly. got a couple of extra screws left over. You know what? They're just a bonus. Bonus yes, bits. Bonus bits. There you go. 16K, you think, do you, do, do you there, Ugarabba? Uh, this is 1080p, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> Sony has been working on some uh, 10, uh, some 16K technology, but uh, it's going to be a while before we see it on a Raspberry Pi case. All right, let's grab that All short right. little HDMI cable and plug that into the Raspberry Pi. There you go, and it's going to come around the side. Check this out. We've got all these inputs on the side here. We've got HDMI. I see. Uh, well, let's let's get a better look here. Um, so straight into the HDMI there for the uh, for the Raspberry Pi. Uh, but we've also got HP, I'm not sure that looks like an audio adapter, VGA, HDMI, touch, and DC. So the DC adapter we know is provided, but we want to connect that touch as mm -hmm. well. Um, I'm actually a little pleasantly surprised, if you will, a little shocked that this has multi-touch built in. Uh, because it's... You know, you're just expecting a really nice little um, screen, but to have that multi-touch as well. So touch just means that you wouldn't need a keyboard at all, really. You don't need a mouse. Yeah, and okay. I suppose if you wanted to, you could use an on-screen keyboard. But for yeah. a kiosk or just for general use, if you want to put L cars on there, then uh, <laughs> there you go. But doesn't that look beautiful? Yeah. Just stunning. So you've got a couple cables sticking out of the side there, but that's nothing to, to be concerned about. I mean, it looks really good, really clean. And uh, the final thing. The final thing. Sasha, yes. The final thing, as I <laughs> shimmy on over here. The final thing that we need to do is configure this mm -hmm. to work with the screen. So you noticed on the instructions that I pulled out of the box there, there, were, there was a little bit of information about what I need to do a little extra for Raspberry Pi. Now, yes. I mentioned that it has multi-touch, so keep in mind that... I believe for Raspberry Pi, it's single touch. But if you have it connected to a computer, um, say a Windows 10 machine or something like that, then you've got mm -hmm. multi-touch as well. Okay. Um, so it's it's not just a Raspberry Pi screen. You can connect this to other devices as well. Um, but of course, with the KKSB components, it's, it's like the perfect Raspberry yeah. Pi system. Um, so I just want to bring it up on my screen here. I've got the, uh, the SD card plugged into my laptop. 
And with that, uh, all right, on Windows 10, I can see the config.txt file. So with this, I want to just scroll right to the end of this file and add those lines. I'm just going to type those right in. Now we'll call this the beautiful KKSB 13-inch screen case from cat5.tv slash pi. So I have no idea what these things do. It's just I'm following the directions. I'm doing what I'm told. Max USB current equals 1, HDMI group equals 2, HDMI mode equals 82, HDMI CVT, 1920, 1080, 60, 60, 0, 0, 0. I presume that means 1080p, 60 <laughs> frames per second, and there we go. So it'll take a split second to boot that thing up. Once it's up, we'll be, we'll be back and we'll actually show you what this system looks like on screen. This is the KKSB 13.3-inch Raspberry Pi case screen. Multi-touch screen. <laughs> it's, it's super cool. Beautiful. I can't wait to boot this up. We'll see it after this quick little break. Stick around. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and we are looking at the KKSB 13.3-inch Raspberry Pi multi-touch screen case. Couldn't have said it better myself. What were you saying in the chat room? Somebody was saying in Discord? Marsh yeah, Marshman said those numbers will set resolution and over-under scan, so imi the image fits. Oh, so over and under scan. So if you've got like a, a border around the screen, for example, then you can adjust that. Okay, right. okay. Um, in this case, I guess because of the instructions saying 000. Then you don't have... I guess maybe no overscan? Mm -hmm. Let's find out. Should we get right over to it? Yeah. Find the button, and there we go. Beauty. Ta-da. I touched the screen, and it came to life. Yay. Sasha, do you want to walk over there? I and, would love uh, to. And okay. you can actually... I'll Vanna White this. Sasha's going to just jump right over there and, uh, and be our, our Vanna. Okay, so uh, all first right. of all, we've got some kind of rippling going on. Do you want to peel off the... Now, okay, I want to just say... This is not a Samsung Galaxy Fold. Right. So it's so safe. Peeling off the yeah, it's safe to peel safe. off the polymer. Let's take a look around. So this is okay. so 13.3 inches. How can we like give you um, some kind what that's not really a good comparison. <laughs> um, um, I've I've nothing but a self a smartphone. Does that help at all? That's a pretty big smartphone. That's a pretty big smartphone. This is the uh, the F1, the Pocophone F1. So you know, comparison-wise, screen-wise. My hand. Wise. There's your hand. Okay. So how's the touch, Sasha? Because we haven't had to do, and I know that they can't really see you Can here. Can I but play around a little bit with I this? I think it would be best if you do. Okay. Um, so we let's... haven't done any calibration. All we've done is booted up Raspbian, and okay. this is just Raspbian oh. Linux. Let me go there, to games. Know. Can you go to games? Yeah. Python okay. games? It's, I don't know. I don't know. Let's this just... is just a, a vanilla... Wow, that's a really fun game that you've that got there, That seems boring. Let's but the, get out of games. I'm looking, and it looks like it's... I mean, that's a really fine <laughs> fine resolution. There you go. But, oh, um, I opened a game. Oh, there you go. Here we go. She's like, yay, I did it by accident. But it works. Oh. How's the, how is the calibration? It's, so, it's working. It's good. So when you touch stuff, is it... Yeah. Oh, I heard something. Oh, yeah, it's making some noises. So the screen also has built-in uh, speakers coming off the HDMI. This Can you guys hear that from my mic? You'd hear it more if I was, if I was playing yeah, faster. Yeah, win, Sasha, win. There we go. Very nice. Okay, what else can you do? Okay. So this, this is just Raspbian on, a, on the KKSB 13-inch screen. Okay, so let's see. We have um, Office, so LibreOffice. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. Let's try and open one of these. This is great. Office calc. Wow. Let's see. Do, do, do. There's a keyboard at your feet if you care to grab a keyboard. And then. Well, it's just there. <laughs> As I knock over the whole set. Yes. Uh, unplug it. You can. Un it was just on the charger. That's why it's at your feet. Oh. <laughs> There's a power switch right there. There you oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Is it already? Oh yeah. Look at that. So is it? So. Oh, that's quick. Yeah. Just move your your keyboard down so that we get the oh. screen in focus. There. There we go. So touch wise. Good. Everything this is works. Perfect. Like if I touch here. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is great. I want this. No, don't wow. say. Wow. Did you That's folks so see that? Fast. That was like a little time, regardless of the speed of the Raspberry Pi 3, the fact that she was able to touch that little X in the top right, and we didn't have to do any calibration. Yeah. That is astonishing. It's ultra intuitive. Wow. Um, I love this. Size-wise, Sasha, how does it feel? feels great can we like how can i like if i had a laptop or like i could pull my laptop out and and show you size comparison wise yeah does that help at all like this is approximately a little bit smaller than my laptop screen which is covered in dust this is the perfect size really Oh, I don't want to do shutdown. X, get out of there. I wasn't watching. What did you do? Oh, just, just pressing, pressing buttons. Pushing buttons. What I do best, internet, <laughs> Chromium web browser. Oh, right. that's not what I picked. I picked Claws Mail. Cancel. <laughs> okay. Internet. Oh, sometimes if you hit it with your knuckle, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is in full resolution 1080p. I might even want to put it in like go. 720p just to make it a just so that bigger. it's not so tiny. Mm -hmm. But so if you go to like, uh, I mean, this is just web browser on on uh, on Raspbian, no big deal. But so there, there yeah. you have it. I mean, there's the KKSB case. Can we just? I'm gonna if you want to come back around yeah. here, Sasha. I'm just going to bring this back up, and let's actually get a look at it as far as how this looks. There you go. So this is a little bit of a, you know, a different view for you, but that's just absolutely awesome. And there's the Raspberry Pi sitting on the back, nice and solid. And you saw Sasha there kind of operating things for us. I think just right there is the perfect spot for it <laughs> if I don't knock everything over. <laughs> so the KKSB 13.3-inch uh, Raspberry Pi screen case mm -hmm. is available at cat5.tv slash pi. Now, these are brand new, and so stock is like is coming about. Um, we're starting to see it in America, uh, and it's certainly uh, it's available internationally as well through their website. Um, you can get to their website by going to our website, category5.tv, clicking on uh, support the show, and then you'll see partner links, mm -hmm. and in the partner links, you'll see KKSB both international and US uh, but just a quick way to find this particular device this the screen and and the case uh, it's available at cat5.tv slash pi I'm really really excited about this because like there's never really been this kind of kiosk case right. ready and available to the consumer market. You see them sometimes um, like in, in businesses and things, and you mm -hmm. know that they pay so much for those things. But this is the perfect little kiosk for excellent. like sitting at your front desk or, or even just for your personal use for your kitchen counter. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Recipes. It could help me cook. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is perfect. Next step is I got to experiment with the on-screen keyboard, getting that configured because mm -hmm. I think that would be the next, the next best thing is actually using the on-screen keyboard to be able to control it. Because yeah. it's a full Linux computer, it's not a tablet. You're not limited to like iOS or something like that. Right. This is a full Debian-based computer. So whether it be 
internet surfing or installing apps or whatever you want to do, um, it's all available to you. It's Raspbian. It is just a Raspberry Pi 3 um, sitting on the back of it. So could you put RetroPie on that and then like yes. play? I, it would I, be extreme overkill in some ways because you wouldn't really have a use for the touch screen, but you could yeah. do it. And it would become like a portable screen oh, for your, your RetroPie. Although, that said, I, I kind of laugh about that suggestion because, you know, RetroPie on a touch screen is overkill. But remember, RetroPie, Raspbian, all the different distros that you can put on a Raspberry Pi are on an SD card. Right. So you can safely shut it down. Pull the SD card for Raspy and put in your gaming card for RetroPie, boot it up, use it for gaming, right? and then unplug that and plug back in the other one, and you can just keep swapping back and forth, whatever you want to do. So if you want to take it to the cottage and use that as a screen for watching movies and playing video games, you can. And then when you bring it home, you can put it back into recipe mode for the kitchen. Right. How cool is that? I love it. Cat5.tv slash pie to pick one of those up. We've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, Sasha, you're going to be doing an unboxing tonight. I sure am. Excellent. Stick around. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back, everybody. Now, this has ended up somehow, by some kind of shifting of the moon, being an unboxing special. Which is excellent. They're my favorite. I heard it was one of your favorites. That's right. Even I wore an unboxing shirt. Look at that. And so with Jeff being away, Sasha loving unboxings, uh, I thought it would be very appropriate to get Sasha's hands into the unboxing over there. Right. Disclaimer. Um, first unboxing. So first I... unboxing ever, folks. So this is this is great. You want to head over there? Yeah. And, uh, what do you have for us today, Sasha? I have a super cool Aurora Master, which is like this really neat light display that can go on your ceiling in your bedroom or your kitchen or okay. your bathroom. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Sasha, here. get into the box. I'm doing it. Yeah. All right. So, cords. What kind of cords have we got there? This is, is a that USB? Um, it's yeah. a USB device? Keep it on the camera oh, there for us. USB. Sorry. Oh, okay. It's USB to barrel. See? That's okay. interesting. And then this one here, which is just oh. like audio. Is that audio? It thingies? is, yeah, because this actually has a built in speaker. That's told. right. I don't, it's something. And this is, I guess, a how-to. <laughs> how to turn on the light. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, this is the action here. Ah. So this is the Aurora Master 12 LED, 8-mode LED ocean wave projector. So okay. apparently, what I'm understanding here, Sasha, is that this is meant to project the ocean onto any surface. Right, in a variety of colors. Ooh. So the red ocean or the blue ocean. Okay. <laughs> so you can see that there's a spot here for batteries. You need a screwdriver for that. I will need a screwdriver. Okay, but you've also um, And then I guess here is, I guess you can... Plug it in via USB, right? Cool. I wonder if you could actually plug that then into your laptop 
and it would actually it would function. Would you have to plug in also this audio thing into your laptop? Well, I guess if you want to use it as a speaker. So if you right. wanted it to be playing, say, Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada, or right. Nature Sounds from our RSS feed, then you, um, then you could actually have the ocean sounds at the same time. Right. Or music or whatever else. It has an auto shut off after one hour. Okay. So you can fall asleep to this and then it won't be playing all day. So over here, you can't quite see it because it's white on white, but that's an on off and then an up and a down volume button. Okay. And it looks like that's kind of it. Pretty simple device. Then. Yeah. I, should, should we plug it in? Let's. Okay. We'll bring it back over here. Okay. So. This is a lot bigger than I was thinking. It looks, you know, from the pictures on Amazon, you'll think that it's like the size of a coffee cup or something like right. that. But this is, that's a honking huge latte right there. Right. So I'm thinking it would actually project pretty large onto a ceiling. Yeah. If you can, I, can I unwrap this? Can yeah. I get the, I'm going to get these off there. Perfect. There we go. There we go. And there you are. Thank you. you. want to just plug it into your laptop and see if it just works? Okay. Okay, so you said there was a power button here. Yeah, it's right. In the middle? Yeah. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay, we've got some light. So I wonder, can you cycle through? Yep, so yeah. that's red. Okay. Oh, party lights. Party lights. Let's can dim the lights. The, can we turn the lights I'm off? I'm going to dim the lights, and uh, we're going to see how that looks. Okay, so this is, this is pretty neat. I don't know if you guys, i got to hold this up, but this is pretty bright. Mm-hmm. That's just on the ceiling of our studio here, just the drop ceiling. And then you obviously wouldn't sleep through the party lights. Like there's other... What else wow, it's really dark in here. <laughs> right? So you can have the... Okay, like the, the depths of hell. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. This is better. Okay. So this with like some gentle right. whale music or something. Oh, you can see my shadow. That's awesome. So I can this is be like, really oh, good yeah. oh, oh. So you can actually see that it is, yeah. But it's it, it, there's like this fluid motion to it, and and some of the reviews on Amazon have said that it's janky, that it's clunky, that the the animation is not smooth. But look at that. It looks good to me. We can actually see that. Could we switch the mode again to see? Sure. Yeah. Look at how smooth that looks. Oh, that's good. not the one. <laughs> so right, that's a multi-color. Like multi-color, yeah. Red. Yeah, it's got this like really. Huh. I want to see like a natural ocean kind. Of, wow, party! There you go. I think blue is that's the one. That's cool. I could fall asleep to that. Sure. Okay, so that's what it looks like, folks. Um. Definitely has a smooth look to it. You can see, like, and what I'm looking for is, is there any point within the animation of it where it seems to, like, click or jump? And I'm not seeing that at all. Now, I'm going to get my head down in here, so you're going to see my shadow. I want to hear, because my microphone is on my face, so I've got my face right up to this. Is there any sound from it? And I hear nothing, Sasha. Mm-hmm. There's no sound. There's no, like, there's no annoying, like, clicking sound of a motor or anything right. like that. Um, and if I look in here, let's see if I can actually get you a view. I don't see any movement. Right. Where's, where is the movement actually taking place? It must be the little lights inside must be spinning just a little bit. I'm not seeing it. There's no motion. And yet the, the roof is getting that... I'm going to blind water. myself staring at it, but yeah. I, there's got to be something. Oh, I see how it works. <gasps> there is a lens. There's a little tiny lens that is moving around over top of the LEDs. Oh. That's really smart, but there's no sound from the motion. There's no motor sound or anything like that. But I can see if I look and blind myself that it is, in fact... A lens. You can see that, Sasha. It looks yeah. like a magnifying glass, just kind of very subtly moving over top of those LEDs. Right. And that's what causes that animation. This would be perfect with anybody, like a child that ha that needs a nightlight, like a transition from a nightlight to a relaxation. 
Yes. I like cool. it a lot. I think that's really neat. <sighs> and it's got a built-in speaker. Um, we didn't test the speaker here because that's not really something that I really care about. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if I wanted to, I could plug it into a, an well, MP3 player or something like that. To be honest, what I'd probably do is is not use the speaker with that because I usually mm-hmm. have my phone charging on my, my little lamp beside mm-hmm. my bed, right? So I would okay. just plug something into my phone and have it playing from there cool yeah that's pretty neat so that is available at cat5.tv slash aurora aurora as per the link in the description below um and we're gonna head over to the newsroom great job with your first unboxing by the way well done it was a cool thing too cool thing here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.tv newsroom. The last major Windows update broke some systems with particular antivirus software installed, and it's seemingly getting worse. Mark Hutchins, the security researcher who stopped WannaCry, has pled guilty to the malware charges we reported in 2017. Samsung has pushed back the launch of its highly anticipated folding smartphone after multiple reviewers reported the screens broke within days. And Microsoft's Azure machine learning tech is being put to good use in a grant program designed to give computing resources to scientists working on environmental sustainability programs. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom. Covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. The last major Windows update broke some systems with particular antivirus software installed, and it's seemingly getting worse. Last week, Microsoft halted updates to its Windows 7 and 8.1 operating systems, as well as some Windows Server installations running Sophos and Avast security solutions. The update caused user machines to lock up or fail to boot. Since then, the list of known issues for the update was itself updated to acknowledge compatibility issues with Avira and Acura Bit Antivirus, with Microsoft temporarily blocking updates to those affected systems too. Over the weekend, it was revealed that Microsoft is also investigating compatibility issues for systems with McAfee antivirus installed. Affected computers either freeze outright or start acting unusably slow when you attempt to log into Windows. You can temporarily work around the issue by booting into safe mode, disabling your antivirus, and then rebooting your system normally. While Windows 10 PCs don't appear to be affected by this particular issue, a new issue cropped up this week surrounding the coming May update on Windows 10 systems that either have a USB drive or SD card connected. The update has been put on hold because updating these systems may result in your drive letters being reassigned, breaking your Windows machine. According to Microsoft, this issue will be resolved in a future servicing update for Windows 10. For now, don't leave SD cards or USB drives connected to your Windows 10 computer, just in case. Wow, Windows. Thanks for that. It's been a great month once again, hasn't it? So, has, has it even been a year since October? No. Wow. So, no, okay. So, the way to get your computer working again is to turn off your antivirus. Hey. <sighs> Good practice number one, have an up-to-date antivirus. Good practice number two, keep your operating system up-to-date. What if those two things conflict? Right. Holy cow. Hey. Aye, aye. And then this USB SD card situation. Like, thank goodness. Yeah, that's goodness, a good one for me. Thank goodness they have noticed it 
in advance, sure. right? Because yeah. it could have been last year where they just pushed the update exactly. and then broke everything. Hence October. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I leave here at the studio, I leave an SD card almost always plugged into the computer because uh, when I leave on a Wednesday night after we record the show, like there mm-hmm. are things happening and one of the SD cards from one of the cameras is always plugged in. Right. So if you could imagine that this update, what it does is basically like you've got your C drive, you've got your, you plug in an SD card and now you've got a J drive and an right. H drive and all these other things happening, right? And if you use SBCs, maybe you've got a whole bunch of different drive letters and uh, like active. But what happens is, is this update then scrambles, garbles them. those up. So now your C drive is your F drive and oh my goodness. So then of course nothing will boot. Things are in the wrong places. Right. It's not finding things like I don't get it. Like, I really don't understand how they could possibly get something like that wrong. I just don't get it. It's kind of Windows 3.1 here, folks. Yeah, like, (sighs) I thought we had this licked. I thought we knew the difference between an A and a C drive. Right. But no, apparently not. But Linux does it completely different. This is why Linux is, is winning completely. Yes, absolutely. Because we use UUIDs. So really, Windows just wants you to turn off your antivirus and unplug all your things and just update. Oh, yeah. We'll just turn off your updates and turn off your antivirus in order to make things go. <laughs> Linux actually uses UUIDs, unique identifiers for each device. So right. like your hard drive, for example, and all the partitions in your hard drive mm-hmm. have a unique identifier. And that identifier is then mounted to a mount point. So oh, okay. Regard, you, could, you could unplug all your hard drives and then plug them in in a completely random order to different cables, and it will still boot because it gets the unique identifier from the partitions of the drive. Oh. That's Linux. Do you think? They get it right. Right. Yeah. Do you think that Windows could just like pay attention to how to get it right a little? I think they're going to have to start. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to yeah, they're learning some they're, things from Linux but that's one of those things that like enough. Linux has really got that down and that's and that's why we're using UUIDs and not dev assignments anymore like right. your, your FS tab used to have dev slash sdb1 well now it has a UUID and that's why because you if, can unplug it and yeah, plug it back if in the order and then... changes or if a drive gets pulled it still boots up and still everything ends up where it's supposed to be that's yeah. forward thinking, Linux. Thank you. Well done. Not so much on you, Linux, uh, Windows. <laughs> Marcus Hutchins, the security researcher who stopped WannaCry, has pled guilty to the malware charges we reported in 2017. On episodes 516 and 518, we reported that Mr. Hutchins was arrested but pled not guilty. He was free under a $30,000 bond but had to wear a GPS tracking device. Last year, though, he was hit with a superseding indictment introducing new charges related to the malware. Hutchins was charged with developing and, in partnership with another individual identified in court documents as Vinny, disseminating UPass Kit and Kronos malware, the latter of which has for years been used to steal banking information. This activity occurred between July 2012 and September 2015, per court records. For years prior, when Hutchins was credited with discovering WannaCry's kill switch... Hutchins, who is now prominent and respected, a respected security researcher, says, quote, As you may be aware, I've pled guilty to two charges related to writing malware in the years prior to my career in security. I regret these actions and accept full responsibility for my mistakes. Having grown up, I've since been using the same skills that I misused several years ago for constructive purposes, end quote. According to a plea agreement filed with the Eastern District of Wisconsin, the British researcher agreed to plead guilty to two of ten counts, while the other eight were dropped. Each count carries up to five years in prison and up to $250,000 in fines, through, through, through the, though the plea agreement states that an acceptance of responsibility could contribute to a lighter sentence. Wow. To me, I think he's a little bit like of a hero because he he found the kill switch for WannaCry. He used his evil minds for good, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so boy. no, I, yes. I, 
Yeah, but it's not an evil mind, Sasha. I think we're growing like we are now. Our kids, my kids are growing up in an, in a time where 10-year-olds are so immersed in tech. Right. That they can become amazing hackers. Right. When I was a kid, when I was just like my kid's age, Mm -hmm. I had an XT computer that I would pull out from under my bed and it had a CRT monitor that I hid in my closet and I would hook it all up through the, the CGA panel in the back and, and, and I would hack away on that. But Mm -hmm. my hacking was limited to the devices that I had. There was no internet. It hadn't been invented yet. Uh, Well, the internet had. The World Wide Web had not. Um, So there was no connectivity for me to the World Wide Web. Right. Because it didn't exist yet. Um, So my hacking was limited to the box that was under my bed. Right. Now, someone with my skill set at that age Mm -hmm. could be like, you know, I'm bored. It's a so, Friday night. I'm going to screw around and I'm going to start hacking away. So you too were an evil genius just without the tools. I would say a, maybe a genius, but not <laughs> an evil one. <laughs> okay. I, okay. So I don't really, say I guess tongue in cheek. what I'm saying is, yes, he did. I actually really like the fact that he admits, yes, he did yeah. bad, um, but then he turned it around. He's, he works for security now. He's using his skills for good. Yes. I honestly think that he probably saved the world far more money than the money that he would be charged for is his fine. they got to right? take like, that into account, right? Be, I think be lenient. Yeah. It's a tough thing, and I think um, parents, get your kids in the room and, and, and let them hear this, that this is a wake-up call mm-hmm. to us, okay? So our kids, the young people growing up in today's world, we're so connected, and we are very capable on computers and very capable of, of hacking, and we can put that to malicious use or we can put it to good use. Yeah, I could put things to malicious use as a kid, and I did. And it was limited to my school network. Right. And it never got outside of that network. Mm-hmm. It was limited to the computer lab, you know? Right. Nowadays, it's not limited like that. We have no borders as far as what we can hack. So mm-hmm. our young people need to understand the, the decisions that you make right now, they have lasting consequences. This young man is now a security researcher and a darn good one. He's awesome. And he's making a difference in the world. He has saved people from some very serious malware. Mm -hmm. And because of a decision that he made as a child, I won't even call it a mistake because everything is a learning experience. But because of this decision that he made to do something malicious or, you know, what the government will call malicious because Mm -hmm. it's stealing credentials to bank accounts... You can call that benign or you can call it just fun or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. it's theft. Who knows? Yeah. It's data theft. And so it is malicious as far as, you know, what's right and wrong goes. So now he's having to face 10 years in prison and thousands and thousands, $60,000 worth of fines because of this decision that he made as a kid. Right. Even though now he's grown up and he's saying, you know, I would never do that now. I'm using my powers for good. Exactly. Right? He's, yeah. Well, and he knows the capacity, like he knows what it takes to do these, these hacks and these thefts and because he's smart enough to know how, so he, he can block people like himself. Yeah. Right. But the, the issue that we're up against right now with you young people is that you have the abilities and I understand you have the abilities, but you haven't got the life experience that he has. You haven't yet grown up. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be a kid. It's okay to be young. Mm-hmm. And to enjoy that. And to learn and grow and, and, you know, and, and hack. But be very mindful that you need to be mindful that what you do now could have an impact on you as an adult. Right. And, and on other people as well, especially if it's something malicious. And, and it may be fun, but it's really big picture is you know you can cause a lot of damage and and wreak a lot of havoc but Mm -hmm. like let's just be very mindful of the fact that you just got to be willing to recognize that it's tough i mean when i I was a kid i didn't want to admit i was a kid 
Right. And when kids are ki- when when you're a teenager, you don't want to admit that you're still growing up. And you know what? You have an idea, and there's probably a little bit of doubt in your mind. Like, I wonder if I could do this. And yeah. you're you're just wondering, so you're trying, and then mm-hmm. you do it, and you're like, oh, I can. And then yeah. it's done already, right? And then it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, kids, I, I mean, if I can just give you any advice, just, just think twice and even ask a ask an adult and ask somebody like is this going to have lasting impact mm-hmm. it's like don't post pictures of yourself naked on the internet like right just, it, it like up. this is just to to a grown-up it makes sense but to a kid maybe it's you know there's the temptation there but it's like you can never undo that mm-hmm. you can never you can never you can never get it back Take back yeah and then you're going to deal with that when you're an adult and, and you just don't want that in your past. So just, just like, take a moment. Stop what you're doing. Listen okay. to Robbie. Yeah. Thank you. I just wish I could just sit down with you and just... So hopefully, hopefully right. you hear me out, okay? Yeah. Email us, comment, whatever it takes. Uh, I'm here for you. Samsung has pushed back the launch for its highly anticipated folding smartphone after multiple reviewers reported the screens broke within days. Samsung's Galaxy Fold was unveiled in February following years of speculation about the possibility of folding phones, but its initial reviews have raised questions about whether the technology was rushed out before it was ready. The Galaxy Fold was set to hit the market in the U.S. this Friday, but Samsung said in a statement that it would now carry out further tests and make improvements before announcing a new release date in the coming weeks. The news comes after several journalists reported issues with the devices that they'd been given to review. On April 17th, Bloomberg reporter Mark Gurman tweeted that his device was unusable just two days in, with photos showing that the screen had gone mostly black. Among other complaints was a story on The Verge headlined, My Samsung Galaxy Fold Screen Broke After Just One Day. At least some of the complaints have come from users who had peeled off a thin layer of polymer from the screen that Samsung said was not intended to be removed, but issues with the Galaxy Fold seem to run deeper. The company's statement identified the hinge mechanism and substances found inside the device as potential problem areas. Samsung's problems come less than three years after its exploding phone Sega, which saw the company recall the Galaxy Note 7 after battery defects caused phones to catch on fire never a good sign no (laughs) so they're very tenacious like they're really trying and i i like the idea of advancing ideas in tech i don't understand why i might need a folding phone but i can understand that you need to create a folding phone for the next possible phone that i might need which maybe is a phone that wraps right around my wrist or something well but you think about a folding phone so a phone yeah form factor that fits in your pocket that then unfolds to twice the size, basically a tablet. Yeah. So it's like having a tablet that fits in your pocket that then you can use as a phone. And so it it makes sense. It It makes some sense. I don't dislike it. Mm -hmm. I I don't think you have to push something to this point where things are falling apart after release. They've got to be first, though. It's a very competitive market, right? Is there another Huawei folding phone and, coming up? Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Everybody but Apple has announced a folding phone that they're working on. And, and it's like, okay, so Samsung's got to be first. They've right. got to be first. They've got to be innovators. Do they have subsidiaries that they can, like, that, like is Samsung the fall boy? Because it really feels like Samsung is the fall boy. And right. they've got some subsidiary that, that they're re- actually going to release under. Right. <laughs> because they're really messing up a lot of times with trying to be innovative but um maybe apple pays them because you know apple just waits for everything to build oh right yeah after apple popular. waits until uh, they'll wait two years after the the yeah all the, be like, oh, everything's yeah. perfect we got that too oh, line yeah. up for an hour look at that ours just week. doesn't have a headphone jack but <laughs> you know whatever you don't need that because you've got bluetooth headphones that will sell you for three times as much as they're worth mm-hmm. but i will say <laughs> samsung listen to me here okay if they're listening if you put a polymer film on a screen oh that has goodness, the folks. possibility that I might think it's a protective If I can polymer. take it off, I'm taking it off. Yeah. I and I'm I'm picky. I'll pick at stuff. So don't give me the opportunity. Yeah. Right? Like Uh-huh. Ew. <laughs>
So. We'll we'll see how that shapes up. I mean, I'm interested to see what they come up with. But it it is again. It's a, they're pushing it to the market way faster than mm-hmm. they probably. I still I don't we're, care we're feeling like maybe so much about the folding phone. I want something. I want the next thing, like the idea that hasn't happened yet. I want whatever the folding oh. phone brings us. Oh, like I want that. The folding phone. Meh. I used to have a flip phone. A 16k screen sounds nice. Like I'd like. I don't. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe it's like a, a a leap pad, like stepping stone technology. Right. Like, okay, so now we've got a folding phone. What else can we do? Right. Maybe you're right in that regard. I, I hear what you're saying. Like, okay, now we can do this. Exactly. So maybe we can have a laptop where we do this. Exactly. And suddenly we've got a, a, a four-foot-wide screen. Right. So the folding phone, meh, whatever. It's meh. a folding phone. But it's the, it, that's the step that I'm, I'm interested in like three steps from there. The okay. folding phone needs to be developed properly so we can learn how not to make it fall apart and have the screen go black so that when you do... Do not peel. They need to put yeah. a sticker on it. Right, exactly. Do not peel. So that you can, you know, fan out an umbrella of amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. I like your style. And okay. apparently you are waiting for Apple. Yes. Sorry for your luck. Microsoft's Azure machine learning tech is being put to good use in a grant program designed to give computing resources to scientists working on environmental sustainability programs. Neat. Yeah. Microsoft wants to make accessing powerful AI and machine learning technology more practical for science and scientists and environmental researchers, which is why it started AI for Earth in 2017. In the mere two years since Microsoft founded AI for Earth, it has awarded over 230 grants to teams in 63 countries, covering four research areas, climate change, agriculture, biodiversity, and waters. Grants come in two forms. Data labeling services, which help get large databases ready for AI processing, and Microsoft Azure computer credits. Grant applicants are able to apply for one or both forms of grants. Microsoft has built two APIs specifically for AI for Earth and has stated that it continues to work on more. Currently available is a land coverage mapping API and a species classification API. The APIs are available to anyone who wants to use them. The uses for AI in protecting natural resources is vast. Science generates data, but collating and transforming that data into action can be difficult. When you add that the sheer volume of data available, things get even more difficult, especially if all that data isn't available to everyone who may need it. AI for Earth takes a step toward rectifying that by offering services to organizations that might not be able to access them otherwise, and by centralizing data from government research agencies from around the globe in Azure Cloud. In addition, grant applicants that apply for data labeling have their data published on Microsoft Azure for the use of other researchers, further expanding the base of knowledge needed to turn AI into a tool for improving the planet. It's like an AI Wikipedia. Yeah. How cool is that? It is so cool. And anything that will help our planet, I'm with you. We're in? Yes. We're in. That was timely because it was just Earth Day. True. True that. Yeah. Um, And and this is really what is needed because we are now getting to that point where data sets are huge. Mm-hmm. Like we learned about the the um, eight telescopes that were used to photograph the black hole. Well, it took massive amounts of data and years to process. Like I think the photo was actually taken in 2017. Do you realize that? Right. And it took this long to be able to announce it and show it off. Well, that through the power of AI and, and artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the power of a, like a massive supercomputer network right. can really expedite those kinds of processes, scientific learning and, and scientific experimentation. Right. We can, we can share the knowledge, and then we kind of stand on the shoulders of those before us, and we can That's learn mm-hmm. new things. You're not learning from the beginning of time to this point. Right. You're learning from where the research has gotten to this point and forward. So if we can build ourselves up, we can get much faster at at learning. What you're saying is blowing my mind right now, Sasha, because I'm thinking about how AI is now like the new, like 
hand me down information. Like, right. is AI going to carry our data for the next generation? Yes. What? Yes, it is. I'm team AI. So just think about how that's going to impact three generations from now. Right. When, like, look at technology and how it's progressed because we've been passing down our knowledge mm-hmm. year after year. And it's compounding, right? So, yeah. you, you know, what, what we knew in 1950, it's kind of crazy how, how far we've come. Yeah. Like, look at AI since, or not AI, but, well, definitely AI, but look at VR. Right. Since, since we were children. Right. Like, mind-blowing how far this has come. And those of you who are our age or beyond know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's only, it's going to be amazing to witness the things that are going to unfold. I am just eagerly anticipating all the best. Yes. Let's hope that there are moral people in control. <laughs> there will be. There will be. They listened to your last the public service announcement. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Run for president or whatever you need to do. Uh, let's get a look at uh, what CoinGecko tells us about uh, the cryptocurrency market as of 1800 hours on this day that we are recording, which is April 24th, 2019. Uh, Bitcoin is up big time. Another $211.70 U.S. in your pocket if you have a single Bitcoin. It's up at $5,434.69. Litecoin is down a little bit, $72.55 U.S. Ethereum is also down, $164.01. Monero is at $67.52. Stellite is one of the little guys, gained 0.07 ten thousandths of a cent. So we're basically static at 1.63 ten thousandths of a cent. And TurtleCoin at 1.31. Don't forget, uh, if you are going to trade in cryptocurrency or mine or whatever you're going to do, it's always volatile and the market never closes. It's open 24-7. So plan not to get any sleep. Right. I suppose. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. Sasha, you already did one unboxing today. That's right. There's another thing I want you to open up. What's that? He doesn't even know what it is yet. I don't know. It arrived in the mail. Okay. You want to see what it is? Yes. Around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. What am I hiding behind my back? A bag. A crinkly bag. A FedEx crinkly bag. From... From... Drew Drew Darnborough. Darnborough. Drew... I got the pronunciation perfect. Probably. Uh, I have no scissors. I have no knife. I am completely ill-prepared for this. What is this? But I think this is for you. Does it say, it says to Robbie. It says, everything says to Robbie. Okay, you think but it's for, how do you know? It says. Oh, this is probably for me. Uh-huh. Can you get into it? Do you I, need me to actually get a knife? Uh, I'm no. going to stand back. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? Okay. Come on, get in there. Here we go. We have. Oh, oh, it's official, ladies and gentlemen. What? But I have my Neverwhere stuff. No way. Yeah. <gasps> You've got a satchel of some sort. Okay, what's in nice. here? Nice. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. What operating, what operating system are you running on your, your laptop there? This is my cloud ready. And I have a cloud ready. How was that for timing, notebook. right? She's like, I got a cloud ready notebook and a cloud ready notebook. This is. You have two types of cloud ready notebooks here. This is amazing. What is this? That's. This is like 3D printed. This is nice. great. Oh my so goodness. Cool. Okay, a little a cleany, tissue cleany thing thingy. You keep in your pocket and blow your nose anytime They gave you want. me so many things. What do you got? Um, is this hand sanitizer? Never it's, wear hand sanitizer? Come it's on. It's like you read my mind. Are you serious? I actually said this out loud to Robbie. It's, like it's so dirty when I type on my 
cloud-ready computer. What do you? Oh, think? this is like a card sleeve. Like a and card it, sleeve. And it has like a sticky. You got all kinds of crazy stuff. A, a card. It literally is a card sleeve. Like oh, the, I've got a USB. USB flash drive. Flash nice. drive. Okay. I've got some chapstick. A cloud-ready. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Cloud-ready, like, like, gets me actually you gotta make ready. It, you my gotta hands make it are official. clean. My Send lips are some, soft. And she's got, like, lip balm and hand sanitizer. And here... <gasps> stickers! ...is the promised sticker. Nice. It's going on the back of my that computer. Totally is going on there. That's going to be on there for next week, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. Get, oh! You got some others? This bag keeps going? Holy no, cow. No, no, that, that's it. I think that these are just bags for you and Jeff. Oh, really? Yes. Did I get some lip balm? Nice. So, because you guys cloud are ready. like the it helps official, to have the unofficial. Official, yeah, the unofficial, yeah. official cloud ready spokeswoman here on the set. We appreciate that very much. And we <laughs> love swag. <laughs> if you love swag, hey, make sure you get on to our contest. We have a Kingston Data Traveler to give away, and uh, this is your final chance to cast your ballot. All you have to do is email contest at category5.tv and tell us uh, your name and where you're watching from. We'd love to get you in on the draw, which is going to be happening sometime in the next couple of weeks. Perfect. And uh, that could be yours. Uh, don't forget, we are on Twitter at Category5TV. I personally am also on Twitter, and I follow back at Robbie Ferguson. We are also on YouTube as Category5TV, or if you prefer to watch just little snippets of the show, you can go to linuxtechshow.com, which is going to take you to that. Also, we are on the Roku Channel Store, and you can get us on Plex, um, on Kodi, uh, and you can do that through our GitHub at github.com slash cat 5 TV, of course, everything comes together as well as our RSS feeds and everything else on our website at category5.tv. So check us out there. It's been fun having you here. Thank you, Sasha. Yeah. Great job with all the unboxings tonight. Yay. And I will see you again next week. Take care, everybody. See ya. <laughs>